0: Welcome to the Worship Leader Essentials podcast brought to
1: you by Worship Catalyst. We are here to help leaders learn how to do more with less. For more information or engage with us, please visit worshipcatalyst.com. We're so glad you're here today. Let's learn together. Welcome to another episode of the Worship Leader Essentials podcast. We are back for part two of our great, amazing conversation with Teddy Johnson from Hope Church Las Vegas. We've been in the middle of a discussion about creating a caring culture on your team. Now, if you missed our last episode, you're going to want to go back and check that out. It's amazing. And this next one, even better. All right, let's dive back in. I love some of those things where you really have trained your current people to welcome the new people with like audacious Mm -hmm. welcoming. Yes.
0: Yes. And the new people is interesting, you know, because it wasn't as easy when I first started doing it. Well, we've been doing it now for maybe almost 10 years. Right. And so, um, Uh, but now it's just who we are. It's just our culture. And so the new people remember how they were welcomed. And so they just naturally do it. It's like, it's just kind of, yeah, it's kind of who we are now.
1: You know, um, I think that sometimes the opposite of that is that people get a little bit territorial or siloed and like, oh no, we don't need another Alto. Mm -hmm. I'm an Alto, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so I love the way that that really fights and pushes back against that. You also said a minute ago that you guys are a family. Mm. I haven't been around your team in a long time, but you used to have a phrase like "We're not just a team; we're a family." Did you used to have a phrase like that that you use?
0: Yeah. So um, I, I believe what you're referring to is um, Hope Creative is not um, Hope. Hope Creative is not simply a place of connection. It is. Oh, I can't remember. (laughs) What was it? Yeah, you're right. We haven't used it in a while. It had the word family in it, though. Yeah. Well, I think it had something about community. We're not a a place of connection, but we're a place of community, or something like that. Right. So, but yeah, yeah. So I can't remember what. But but I
1: think language is really important. Yes. And so when that becomes, uh, when that becomes like a part of the mantra of the team. I think that means something, Yes, you know, like yes. everything matters in the yes. way that you describe, it's not just a worship team. It's not just a creative arts team. It's not just a, you know, whatever. It's like, it's a community. Yep. It's, it's a, it's a a group of people that love each other. You yes. know? And I love, I love any language that we can find to use like that. I've also seen that you guys have done mission trips together Yes, as a choir, right? Yes. As a, as a creative team.
0: So Hope Church is, is, uh, big on, uh, on mission and on, uh, Planning churches, and you know, we from the beginning um, have wanted this uh, campus to be a launching pad mm-hmm. to the nations, right. and that's kind of what we prayed, and that's what we dreamed, and it has become that. Now, um, we've had. Oh my gosh, I think we're probably in the eighties now of of churches that we've planted or close wow. to eighty. Yeah. Churches that we've planted and the church is only twenty years old, right? And so um, so our mission trips in the past have primarily been to churches that we've planted to go and to serve them, to help their worship teams, um, or to just serve their communities. We've put on, um, block parties and concerts and things for the community to, um, just serve mm-hmm. uh, the people that are in our church plants areas. And we've done that domestically, you know, in California, Arizona, um, um, and then also, uh, we've also gone to Hawaii. You know, to hey, our ELO church in Hawaii. Yeah, that, was, that. that was that was that was our favorite, <laughs> to be honest. And uh, and so we've done that. We've also gone to Canada. Um, and so because um, now we have churches that are kind of all over, all yeah. almost all over the globe. Yeah, that's so, great. Yeah.
1: One thing that we've seen over and over again is that. Unity is relationships plus mission. You know, a lot of times it's just people think it's just knowing one another. Yeah. But mission drives relationship better than relationship drives mission. Mm. So, like, when you say, our, our not just church, but, like, our created, we're yes. going to go and we're going to serve the poor or we're going to go help a church plant or we're going to do whatever. Yeah. Those the unity follows the shared mission.
0: Yes, that's good. That's true. And and I've noticed that, you know, it's the, the mission. That's great how you said that because the mission always strengthens. Always our unity. Yeah, you know, and you come back a better team because of it. You you come back closer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the family dynamics always stronger, and so yeah, I would I would. Highly encourage. Um, even if you can't take the entire team, if there's just a segment of the team, you know, those of you that are in leadership um, um, over a worship department or whatever, as often as you can, you know, get outside of the walls of that church yeah. and do things together. Even if it's something in your community, serving the homeless together. I've taken our our team, our entire choir one year actually um went and served the homeless on Christmas day That's together. Awesome. And that was probably everyone's favorite Christmas of all. We went and we served, we sang for them. Um, and we've done it several years, but, you know, only one time we took the entire choir. Yeah. Um, but, um, but any opportunities that you can create for your teams to get out and go and, and, and to not just, because we're always so, uh, focused on what we have to do and the task in Him. We're always behind the gun and so we're feeling that tension of having to be prepared and having yeah. to lead and teach and, you know. And do, Sundays you know, come
1: stuff. around pretty yeah, often. Sundays come yeah. around pretty often and <laughs> so
0: we get lost in that and we never truly um, experience all that God has for us mm. um, because you know, He wasn't about just being Jesus wasn't just about being in the four walls of the synagogue. He wanted to get out and yes. He was always out and 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 taught His disciples to be missionally focused and wants that for us as well. Man, that's so
1: good. And that can start small cuz I mean if you think about a small church just a few people and you've got three people on your team, that's yeah. actually a lot easier. The three of you go serve the There's homeless. There's no for, excuse. Yeah. Right? There's no
0: <laughs> excuse at that point.
1: Yeah. That's really good, man. I love that. I really do. I love the way that I love the way that you guys build that into the culture that it it the music, the creative team culture follows the church's mission mm-hmm. of, of, of global ministry and outside the walls. Mm-hmm. And you guys do that financially. You do that with people, you know, all that kind of stuff Yeah, and how that drives humility also. You know what I mean? Because, Amen. and I love, I love too, that you're keeping, that it keeps it. I, I think what, what I've seen on, on, on churches and teams that have done a good job at this, like you guys, is that it really keeps, the focus of what why we're doing this at front and center, yeah. because the focus really quickly can become, hey, we're here to produce a really awesome Sunday 30 mm, minute mm-hmm, set mm-hmm. or to be, you know, to have the band sound great or to have the choir sound perfect or whatever. But no, that's not really the mission at all.
0: Right. Right. Mission exists because worship doesn't. And even though it may happen within the four walls of your church every Sunday, there's a whole world out there that needs to um, embrace worship. And really all that worship is, my my definition of worship that I cling to, it's my story and I'm sticking to it, is (laughs) that worship is practicing the presence of God in everything we do, every Mm. time we do it, Mm. right? That's worship practicing God's presence. That's good. And there's a whole world out there that doesn't understand worship. You know, we in our American church setting have um we've really reduced worship to yeah, singing have. a song or, you know, playing in the right key or, you know, what we do in in a in a, in a music set, you know, having the right vocalist or whatever it is. Um, But it's so much more than that. It is it is fully embracing the presence of God. And and we as worship leaders have the responsibility of 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 guarding the essence of worship and 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 leading people into that worship experience, that environment where they can. Embrace God's presence, right? And so, because that doesn't happen, because there's a whole world out there that doesn't worship, that doesn't understand worship, that has never been introduced to the significance of a life of worship. Yeah. Uh, then, 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 then there's there's missions, you know, and we have that responsibility to take it outside of our church to the four corners, to the to all of the corners of yeah, the globe. However right? many corners there are <laughs> in a circle. <laughs> however many there are in a circle. That's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's so good, man. Well, a couple more things before we kind of finish up here, Teddy. One of them is like, who are who are you know, one or two of your role models or people you look up to, you know, as a pastor, as a worship leader, you know?
0: So my mentor, there have been many people who have influenced me over the years personally. Um, My most recent mentor um, just passed away and Mm. that was Morris Chapman. Oh yeah, sure. Right here in Las Vegas. Right here in Las Vegas. Um, That man um, was just such an influence and a blessing. Um, I met him Uh, about 12 years ago um, at one of the um, worship conferences at Saddleback Church. Mm And um, so I went up to him after I took his class. That was probably a little more than 12 years ago, but it was it was about that 12, 13 years ago. <clears throat> and I went up to him after uh, the class and spoke to him. We had a conversation, you know, and um, I just remember learning so much from him in that class and in that moment that I got to share with him afterwards. And then we had lost contact until maybe about, um I'd say about six years ago, about six or seven years ago. And then so for the last uh, yeah, because he passed away last year. Actually, the anniversary of his passing was just this last weekend. And um, and uh, so during those last six, seven years that I had with him, um I we we would meet on a regular basis. I had the opportunity to write some songs with him. I actually uh helped produce his last CD which oh. is yet to be released. Wow, really? And um and uh so yes, he was I think what really um drew me to him was just his heart for the simplicity of of the gospel through song, um, which so often gets lost in uh, a worship culture of programming elements that take us further away um, from intimacy with the Father. Right. And so, you know, that was really who he was about and what he was about, who he was. and yeah. um, And I was just so inspired by that. That's amazing, man. Um, yeah. When I was growing up, there were other people that, you know, in Philadelphia and in 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 Jersey um, that um, had a strong influence on me as I was developing as a young musician. Um, but I think most recently, Mars Chapman was the primary.
1: I love that. So um, last thing here, man, I love that you have a mentor that, you know, you're, and the, the thing I love, let me tell you what I love about that is that You've been leading worship for a long time at a high level, I mean, you know the church where you lead now has got thousands of people, you know, bunch of services, huge team, like you've got all this, and yet you said, I need a guy that's going to pour into me
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, like mm-hmm. I haven't reached the top so i've got important. I've got more to learn
0: so important um yeah i i I don't think that we should ever any of us. Regardless of how much we accomplish, how much we achieve, how blessed we are, um, should get to that place, allow us to get. allow ourselves to get to that place where, you know, we stop learning, stop growing, Mm -hmm. stop being poured into. There's always, even at 99 or 100 years old, safety in a multitude of counselors. And we've got to allow, you know, the, the Holy Spirit speaks to us in a variety of ways. You know, His Word is the primary way, but He also uses other believers. And, you know, the minute that we stop Allowing other believers and other people to pour into us is the minute we stop, the moment that we stop growing is the moment that we stop honestly hearing from God. Yeah. Because, you know, if we are to hear fully, um... From God and, and and to really be able to ascertain his voice in, in every area of our lives, then we've got to be open to the variety of ways in which in the variety of contexts through which he speaks to us. And, and a big part of that is the believers that he's placed in our lives.
1: That's so good, man. Another way that we talk about that a lot is if you've quit asking questions about something, mm-hmm. then you've shut yourself off to learning. Yeah. So just always yeah. ask, always ask. And yeah, so, yeah. it's a humble place to be, you know, because we all want to be the expert. Right.
0: We do. We do. And we, um, you know, it's in, especially in those moments that um, that we've experienced a lot of hurt and pain, you know, sometimes yeah. that causes us to shy away from, you know, um, what God is specifically calling us to. I mean, I, early on, before I came to Las Vegas, um, I had a recording contract and I was um, with a record label. And one of the, you know, I considered uh, my my management at that time um, someone that you know was like a, a, a kind of a mentor to me because he was a very extremely influential um, secular. Um, songwriter and musician in Philadelphia. Um, and, you know, th- that didn't go well. And part of that relationship with that record label is what kind of propelled me into, uh, first of all, moving, transitioning to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, um, just truly putting all of my, pouring all of my, my life and into um, the the context of the local church. Um, I I knew then when God transitioned me from the East Coast to the West Coast, um, that that lifestyle of uh, you know, touring and that's I, I, all great. And again, we've done missions. That's which is different from touring, very different. But I, I knew that that's not what God was calling me to. It became very crystal clear. Yeah. And um. And so as I transitioned from. That life of you know contracts and and recording and and touring and all of that to understanding and and embracing the importance of the local church and how God desires to use the the local church and His worship within the local church to expand His kingdom and to fuel mission you know His mission throughout the world um, then then that became you know. A, a passion for me. It became a source of strength for me. And, um, and I've from that, um, and from the hurt that I experienced, understood that it was, um, not just an option, but it was, um, probably a, 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 a primary focus. And, and it was mandatory for me to, um, surround myself with, uh, a body of people that, could mentor me that could shepherd me that could love me, that could guide me, lead me i didn 't have that when I was on the east coast right i didn't have counsel you know the 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 team in the core of mentors that um that would really help shape the direction of my life, and so coming here and having people like Papa Morris who helped really focus me into god 's call for my life in a with a very narrow focus mm-hmm. um Um, I think really um, just impacted where I I am now. All
1: right. So last thing, as we uh, think about most of the, uh, or many of the people that listen to the Worship Leader Essentials podcast are newer worship leaders or, um, you know, just haven't been doing it as long. So give us a, give, give uh, a younger or newer worship leader some sort of, some sort of blessing, some sort of charge, some sort of help today. What can they do? What what should they be thinking about as they develop this ministry?
0: I would say, um, to a young worship leader that the ability to, um, express yourselves through music is a gift. And it is a significant gift by God. Um, It's been given to us by God for his glory. And I think far too often as young musicians, there are too many of us that um, are tempted to to use that gift or to see that gift as some ability that we've kind of conjured up on our own. Something within us that is good. And the Bible says that there is nothing in us that's good. Right. You know, anything that's good within us comes from God. And so, what happens to too many of us as young budding musicians is that we let pride and ego get in the way and we begin to see ourselves as more than what we really are. Mm. And so, my greatest charge and my greatest challenge, as simple as it may sound, is to remain humble. Mm. And to remember that you are not your own. You've been bought with a price. That was the blood of Christ. And we belong to him. Our gifts belong to him. And the minute we begin to um, see ourselves as, as anything more than, then we begin to make decisions that actually lead us in the direction of prostituting our gifts, wow. instead of allowing the Lord to order every step we take, Um, In a way that he um, has designed for us and not our own course of action, maybe because of what may afford us the the most money or uh, may give us the most fame or put our name out there or give us the most likes on social media. You know, none of that matters. And at the end of the day, that's not You know, what's going to to count? I mean, we can do all of these things. You know, we can, you know, uh, uh, prophesy in his name and we can teach and sing and pray in his name. But, you know, at the end of the day, he'll say, Depart from you, you workers, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you, right? So our quest in life needs to be every day to know God, to seek him more intimately and allow him to shape us and to chart the course and the direction of our ministry and our lives. And in doing so, remember that we are just dust. Yes. Right. He is the powder. We're just clay. And, and, um, and, and the more we can, um, see that, then we just invite the Lord to increase so that we can decrease and get out of the way and let him do what he wants to do. But that requires humility before mm-hmm. him. And so just stay humble.
1: That's a good word, man. Thank you. Teddy, it's been awesome, man. Thank you for spending a few minutes with with me today and with all of us today that are listening. And uh, just thankful for your ministry and uh, all that God has done in you mm. s- and through you to a lot of people. And uh, just thanks for the thanks for spending time with us, man.
0: Thank you, sir. It's been a joy. God right. bless you.
1: Well, hey, uh, thank you for uh, joining us today for the Worship Leader Essentials podcast. We'll uh, be here next Tuesday uh, with more helpful information helping you do more with us. God bless you.